the tagline for this movie. Do you want to guess? I, I know the answer. I won't say it because okay. I just read it. What is <laughs> a pigeon if not a meal? <laughs> <laughs> it is seduction, romance, murder, the things one does for love. Uh. Nicolas Cage <laughs> in Vampire's oh. Kiss. Beautiful. What a beautiful movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to start the episode like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're talking horror. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Nikki. I'm Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about vampires. Vampires. Cage vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so setting the scene, Nicolas Cage plays Peter Lowe, a literary agent living in 1980s New York City. He's a bit of a playboy. Yesteryear's fuckboy. Super self-absorbed narcissist. And the film explores his relationships with three different women. One woman named Jackie, who he sleeps with and then repeatedly stands up. Uh, also, his secretary, Alva, who he keeps abusing with increased force. And Rachel, the woman he believes has turned him into a vampire. We follow Peter as he slips into more dramatic, erratic, violent, and crazed behavior until his final moments. And then he gets staked in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rewatch the trailer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so ready for this. He was an ordinary guy. Morning, everyone. Morning. Looking for an extraordinary love. I'm Peter Lowe. Rachel. I brought this girl up to my place the other night. It started with a kiss. Really hot. A very special kiss. You wanted her very badly. Yeah. A kiss that could drive you mad. I hate interrupted love affairs, don't you? Yep, 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 yep. It's affecting his work. There you are! It's a horrible, horrible job. And you have to do it. It's ruining his appetite. My next appointment with you is uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to make it sooner. (laughs) It's spoiling his sleep. Sooner. And don't think people haven't noticed. Am I getting through to you, Alva? He is so eccentric. My, my. For Peter Lowe. (laughs) That's just love. Love? Love. In the big city. Yeah! Don't laugh. I'm a professional. I don't laugh. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Nicholas Cage. <laughs> the torches of the dark. Maria Conchita Alonso. Shoot. Do it or I'll fire you. Do you understand? <laughs> Not the floor, Alva. And Jennifer Beals. You are so pathetic. <clears throat> Vampires kiss. Strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Jeez. <sighs> The best. I feel like the trailer makes it look like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. 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 
the vibe is quite different from the actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess out of context, everything is pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. The movie is so twisted, though, and they put some of the least funny scenes or the tonal shift is so extreme in the trailer. Yeah. And those scenes playing against each other, isolated, also seem really funny. It's just interesting to think about, like, the marketing of it. Yeah. Imagine being, what was it, 89? It was released in June of 89. Yeah. Like, imagine... Going on like a like a date or something. I mean, like we're oh gonna watch God. this goofy movie. Right. You oh get the popcorn, I'll get the soda, the guy, and then <laughs> it just takes such a dark turn. Yeah. The guy from Moonstruck is in a vampire movie. Yeah, yeah. Where he runs down the street I'm a shouting, "I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!" <laughs> Would it shock you to know that this movie was only released in seventy four theaters? No. I I would <laughs> estimate maybe less. <laughs> yeah. Vampire's Kiss is made for less than $2 million. Wonderful. And I think it only recouped a couple hundred thousand. Woof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Well, they saved money on a roach handler. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which Nicolas Cage said he felt it was a good business decision. He was originally supposed to drink raw eggs. Ew. In that scene. Which wouldn't have made sense. I don't, no. I don't think the roach really makes <laughs> sense either. It doesn't. But there's something a little bit more visceral. It does in terms of the history of vampire movies like Renfield eating bugs. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, raw eggs doesn't really make sense. No, because you're not drinking blood for the protein. So. Right. <laughs> so he was like, if I eat a real cockroach, that's going to gross out the audience so much. That's worth $2 million alone. It was for me. My my question yeah. is: Did he put a roach in his pocket and bring it to set that day? Like, did right? Did, did he they, catch one? Did they find it? Yeah, was it just one on set? And he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna eat this one rather than do the egg bit." Right. Well, because they said that it was three takes, so I wonder if that means he ate three roaches or he tried two times, couldn't eat it, and then I heard that he ate two. He did it <laughs> once, and it went very well. One for safety. And then Robert Bierman, the director, was like, "Fuck you." Eat one again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope that's true. And then he did it. Yeah. So it's funny that you ask about the animal wrangling because the pigeon that he catches. Is that just a pigeon on the street? It was a pigeon on the street that they drugged. Oh, my God. So I guess it wasn't a pigeon on the street. But they drugged all the pigeons to make them slow. But Nicolas Cage did not know that. So all these years he thought he caught a real pigeon. And then they got together, he and the director, for the commentary maybe 10 years ago. The amount of power this man must have felt yeah. to just catch a pigeon on the street. Uh, I'm speechless. And he was like, wait, what do you mean they were drugged? And he's like, yeah, did you just think you were a really good actor? That you could did catch you- a pigeon in oh New York? God. <laughs> Pass hands McGee can <laughs> catch these pigeons. Yeah. But um, it was a real pigeon. So he was like, Yeah, this is great. I caught a real pigeon. I can fucking do anything. I'm Nicolas Cage. And the scene where the bat flies in through the window, oh. he was like, I don't want it to be just a robotic bat. I right. want it to be a real bat. So uh. he sent his assistant out to Central Park <laughs> to find a bat in the middle of the night to oh find God. a bat. And the director convinced <laughs> him the real bat could bite you. <laughs> And that would be bad. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. Like, please don't fuck with any more real right. animals. As long as cage. I can eat a real cockroach. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
So like I don't have like a broad catalog of Cage Rage films. Um, I have seen Mandy and I know that's like the most recent one, but I have seen clips of this in the like greatest freak out ever Nicolas Cage compilation video. But they like don't do it justice because there's only like the alphabet screaming and like the crazy eyes, but you don't get all of the rest of it. It's just the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they had to do, let's say they picked like 10 movies in which to pull from. It'd be it would be like a four-hour comedy. I was it would just say, be all four movies yeah, back to back. It'd be like, okay, just sit down and watch these. He's yeah. wild. <laughs> oh my god! I'm curious about your history with this movie, Frank. Like, how did you come across it? Is it because you're such a Cage fan that you're like, I gotta watch it all? Or I think my best friend and I found it because of those compilations that we were like, oh. wait a minute, what is this movie? He's shouting the alphabet. He's jumping on desks. He's trying to open his eyes as wide as they possibly could go. <laughs> Not blinking. Right. To where his eyelids are like on the back of his head. <laughs> so we found it and watched it. And like you submit to the absurdity and you just go on this ride and enjoy the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. And then the ending knocks you completely off balance. And it's such a brilliant ending to a really insane but smart movie. Mm-hmm. So then we watched it again. <laughs> Watching it this time was definitely like, oh yeah, I see exactly what this movie is about. But the first time, it was hard to follow. Sure. Like what was real and what wasn't. Because you know that he's not, you know that he's not really becoming a vampire, but there is a vampire in the movie, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So then when there isn't a vampire, but then there she comes back, it's it's hard to follow. It really is. I felt almost guilty for laughing at so many absurd things when I realized I'm like, oh, he's schizophrenic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and now he's wandering the streets of New York in the 80s as a schizophrenic man, screaming at people, interacting with a buddy of some sort, perhaps a, a lover girlfriend figure in his mind. And it just, it got real serious. And then he, the assault on his secretary that he had been harassing this whole time, like it suddenly just got a lot less funny. And I was like, oh, this got real yeah. sad. This was like coming back from American Psycho, which I find funny, not like haha funny, but I, I think that aspects of American Psycho are comedic to me. This, like, yeah, there were comedic aspects to his performance, but this is this is like a horror movie for me. Like, this is horrifying. Every aspect of this movie is brutally terrifying. Yeah, I, maybe that is, like, that feeling, because we were talking about feeling unsettled afterwards. Yeah. yeah, there's something about this that is truly horrifying, where it's like, oh, shit. But yeah. once the, the absurdity is shed away and it's just the reality of the situation, it's like, oh, this is incredibly sad. It is. Terrifying for everyone involved in his life and any level of closeness you know woof thank you Nicolas Cage <laughs> yeah I mean I did it justice yeah I, I can't imagine any other actor in this role doing what he did in a way that would bring us along on this journey yeah in the way that he did yeah it's a really funny movie about mental illness <laughs> until it stops <laughs> until being funny yeah. yeah 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 because I I really thought that it was the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've definitely seen those cuts of, like, funny Nick Cage moments. And when you just see the scenes of him, like, in the office with the sunglasses on and the suit and the wild gestures and all that, I thought it was going to be more of, like, um, 
like a Glengarry Glen Ross <laughs> kind of right. situation, you know? So I was really surprised at, at all of it. Well, like it starts out harmless, I guess. Yeah. Which is like, I suppose, a commentary on like the larger aspect of what's happening. But like it, it starts out so like, huh, yeah, that's weird. But, you know, we're all just having a good time. Like we're all just laughing at this guy's kind of quirky personality and, and, yeah, and it's not anymore. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Like I, the yeah. whole time, one thing that was always present was how shitty he was to Alva. So I never really like felt like I was like on his side, so to say. Like I never was like, right. oh, I like this cat. Like I like this person. What an interesting character. But it it was really funny <laughs> to watch him go through the motions. Aside from the harassing Al- Alva stuff, that was not fun. Except when he's like, "You have a horrible job." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the worst job I could possibly imagine, and you have to do it. <laughs> We've that all been scene there. Is so good. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he's like this eccentric at best asshole. Sure, yeah. Who goes out every night picking up women. And then there's something in there. There's an idea where he's kind of in love with Alva. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I could see that. And so he has to be an asshole to her. Like, he has to Mm, abuse her. Yeah. He does talk to his therapist about having, like, some convoluted, muddled feelings about relationships right yeah about swearing them off right it's something like that where he's also talking about like being attracted to women uh wanting to sleep with them and then the next morning being like get out of here right, right, yeah right. i'm so over this you know <laughs> that man needs help yeah i want to know if i want to know if anything is real like were any of those therapy sessions real i don't think we'll ever have the answer but I mean, I think, it's interesting i think on the phone call and he's wearing the teeth. Like, I think that's a real phone call. Sure. And I think based on that logic, he sees her once a week. And then, like, if we use that timeline, that means that this happened very quickly. Yeah. This descent took, like, a month, two weeks. Right. Yeah. The director of the movie thinks it's about the city driving him crazy, or at the very least, he's layered that in. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage thinks it's a movie about a man whose loneliness and incapability to love drives him insane. I think that one. Yeah, more so that one than, right. than think, the big the big city driving you crazy. Right. Yeah. I guess I get like the sprinkling of absurdities in the city. Like we have that scene where he's going into I don't know if it's actually his apartment and there's the two mimes dancing outside, which is hysterical and like having lived in New York you get that all the time but it's not like that's not going to drive me to turn into a vampire and kill someone yeah well it's another example of the movie keeps on introducing these couples that are happy and it keeps driving him madder and madder and these mimes have each other but they're fighting Yeah, they're like slapping slapping each other other. spitting in each other's faces and the commentary the director says I have no idea what I was going for with those mimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh my god granted it's like 20 years later but sure <laughs> but it's okay that we don't know either yeah i mean like the couple thing doesn't make because he gets very offended by the cab driver having a wife who yeah. he loves oh the framed photo on his dashboard yeah yeah and then like he hallucinates them as well right sure so and that even, really got to him even like alva and her brother kind of read like a couple a little bit Towards there's, the end, there's like I a, feel there's like a, there's a love yeah. there, which yeah. I don't think that that's something he's ever had. Sure, yeah, and I think in terms of like couples, just 
pairings of people right. having each other's backs. So I don't want to refer to them as like an yeah. incestuous couple or whatever. Oh, sure. But like like they're wearing similar outfits in the mm-hmm. when they ride up to find him and um yeah, the mimes. I'm trying and to think of like other couple. The the therapist even has like sure. a hottie. A oh, hottie in yeah, there. Total break. Out of nowhere. <laughs> a young stud. Yeah. <laughs> Knowledge is attractive. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was at the tunnel, but that band was performing and like it seemed like everyone around him was coupled up. Mm-hmm. Right. And they all had people to dance with, people to chat with, people to laugh with. And right. he's just yeah. I think it, it might be grump. at the second club. Yeah. Where he's full on vampire with his fake teeth and everything. <laughs> where there's a shot of this couple dancing together and they have this little peck on the lips. It's a weird kiss because it's not like, oh, we're dancing and we're gonna kiss. It's right. like, oh, we're dancing and Mwah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did notice that. I was like, "Huh, Mwah. interesting choice." I'm having a good time, <laughs> but still, like, it's enough that yeah. And there, I mean, I it's think all around him. Sure, yeah. Like, there's several moments in the various club scenes where like people are just like embracing and making out, mm-hmm. and it's not like a focus, but like they're right. clearly yeah. visible in the scene. Oh my god, the in the very beginning, there's the two people trying to get sodas, and then they start making out, and then. The- the merchant oh, yeah. guy is like, take your sodas. Yeah, they're at a hot dog yeah, vendor. Right. He starts shaking them. He's like, like, stop, stop kissing. kissing. You two, stop being in love. Just take these. <laughs> Maybe he's a vampire too. Oh my God. Oh my God. The loneliest. Something I noticed this time was knowing the ending, that suddenly you see him from the point of view of everyone else. Yeah. Not through his own POV. He's just like, mumbling on the street and talking to no one. Mm -hmm. When you find him in the movie, you have all these shots of Manhattan and then you kind of focus in on the therapy session. But his voice, it takes a very long time for it to fade up. So he's just like... (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to to understand what he was saying. Yeah, so this is how I feel about relationships. Yeah. And it made me wonder, like, how much of this movie is he just rambling incoherently and mumbling at nothing mm. often I <laughs> yeah i would i would say so i mean he there's not a lot of mumbling but he's certainly talking about a lot of nonsense right. all the time he gets more bold about it like he gets yeah. louder and he feels like he has more of a reason to be you know in people's eye but it's all yeah it's nonsense the whole time a rambler. Yeah. You know, there's parallels for sure between this and American Psycho, which is why I think it was a good pair. Because the scene where he's in the bathroom and we see him in two mirrors (laughs) and he's just convinced that he has no reflection. And then the guy in the stall who's like trying to take a shit is like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm trying to take a shit. And it's, it's so funny because it really makes this Peter character so pathetic. And, like, so insignificant that he's going through this shocking personal discovery. But it, it's there's nothing and no one cares. Right. I do think that, speaking of, like, the idea of him being pathetic, I feel like they played with scale a lot to, like, yeah. play off of that. Because it seems like it, in the earlier scenes, he seemed kind of big for the space. and that Or, like, maybe, like, average, average size fits in the space pretty well. And there's some point in the movie where he, it's when he's starting to slip and... There's just a shot of him like sitting kind of slouched in the chair and the chair looks huge in comparison to him. He looks really like slumped over and small. And then they did a lot of like plays with like how much shoulder padding they put into him. Oh, yeah. Like into his jacket at certain times. Well, like the amount of like physical physical comedy, but also physical acting that 
he did was really impressive. He really pulled off a Nosferatu totally. aesthetic with like the scrunchy shoulders. You can like see it right when it happens too. It's not subtle. He just like starts doing it. Yeah. And then you're like, why is he doing this? Oh, he's pulling off a Nosferatu, which is hysterical because canonically Peter Lowe washes Nosferatu and then he's like, yeah, that's me. Right. And then he starts doing it. I'm a vampire. Well, yeah, he even holds his hands. I think it's in the bathroom scene. Where yeah. he's like, where am I? And he like puts his hands yeah. up like Nosferatu. And yeah. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and it's also like Nicolas Cage loving Max Shrek and Nosferatu. Yeah. Sure, and yeah. trying to channel all of that into the role. And he, he called the role or his performance his German expressionistic dream. Wow. That he can just go that large. Mm-hmm. And that it sure. might not be natural, but it's expressionistic. And that people call it over the top. And he's like, over the top is bullshit. Like, it's a stylistic choice. Yeah. If you were to like turn the sound off and watch this, it would, I mean, you you could get his performance. It would work in a silent film. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is funny to say because, sorry, Nicolas Cage, over the top, I think, is an appropriate term. (laughs) But I understand. I understand the choices he's it's making. It's large, but it's, over the top. Over the top, yeah. Okay. Come on, it's big. It's very big. It's, bi- it's, right it's big. huge. <laughs> There's no ceiling to the range. But that's um, his range. It's true. Yeah. I f- it's I enormous. It's larger than life you itself. You almost can't fit it on the screen. <laughs> even, like, even before shit starts happening, when like he's at the one night stand with the girl and he flings his foot up right in front of his face oh to take his God. shoe off. Like that's not like a normal thing that someone does. <laughs> right. He well, is a gymnast. <laughs> but I but I think he's a the character is already like not a normal guy. Exactly. Sure, but, yeah. Like, he's already an unwell person. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and not a wallflower at any point right. in his life. Mm-hmm. The scene where he's trashing his apartment. Yeah. All of that is real. I had a I had a feeling. Meaning, I mean, it looked like real stuff, right? Yeah, meaning like real glass. There's shattering. no candy glass or yeah. sugar glass. It's all real glass. So they had one take to do it, and they set up two cameras. You know, we got yeah. one take. Let's set up two cameras. We'll get the coverage. One of the cameras broke. Cool <laughs> metal. <laughs> yeah. So it is only one camera capturing that. Somehow they got enough. But anytime he kicks something or smashes it, it looks shockingly real. Yeah, it does. I got to say, though, that makes, like, the the assault aspects so much more terrifying. Because, like, when you see him throwing around, like, real furniture, which when you're watching it, it, it feels like real furniture. And then when you watch him, like, bite a girl's neck, it's like, oh, yeah, this that could really happen. Like, yeah. that could be what that really looks like. Yeah. The bite mark that he left behind. Like, it's, it, oh, it's that was all a of clear, his teeth. Yeah, it's, like, a clear indicator that he's not a vampire because it was just a human yeah. bite like a dental registry in her neck. I mean, not realistically bloody by any. What a great phrase. <laughs> he no, but like but just like towards the end when he starts murdering and assaulting women, the tonal shift is so extreme. Yeah, and it did feel like the it felt too almost too real. Yeah, to it me did. to be enjoyable, which is why I think I was like, oh, I feel really weird after watching yeah. this after. Listeners, I was crying <laughs> laughing. We, we had we to tissues. pause it a couple times. I brought tissues for the occasion. Um, it was it was a good time. And then suddenly, uh, 
it just it just struck a very different chord. Yeah. And got so uncomfortable. And I feel like it didn't really let up from then either. It must have been totally intentional. Like he, his just intensity somehow upped itself. Well, like the the spiral is funny until it's not. Like we're all in on the joke until uh-huh. we're not anymore. Uh-huh. Right. And he's a totally despicable character. Oh, yeah. Which, totally. You know, they make no bones about when he's getting pulled out of the club at the end and he's shouting obscenities at them. It's like yeah. really offensive stuff. And they know that. And yeah. they're like, let him be offensive because that's the character we're dealing with. Sure. I was surprised this time that they kind of softened the rape scene. Like it's more implied than anything, right? Sure. Yeah. Like it's totally not confirmed until he himself verbally confirms it. Right. Like he definitely assaults her. And right. it's a physical assault, but you don't yeah. know how far it goes. Right, yeah. because it quickly cuts to Alva the secretary turns into Rachel the vampire and she's saying like, oh, you're with me now. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which at that point, you don't see any physical motion. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he stops attacking her. Right. And has this moment with the vampire. I mean, there's like so much ambiguity that you kind of lose track of reality in the sense of like, can anything that we see be reliable? Right. So like I didn't sure. I didn't even think that she was there. Sure. Until you see like her crying the next day and I was like, oh with that fucking we, we were there. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I will say, like, I found it very bold. In the way that American Psycho, I feel like there's ambiguity. You don't know if it's happening or not. I definitely think that with this one, there's a stance, at least for me, that like we know it's not right. happening. Because of all like the bold choices where like we see him in the mirror or, you know, we see him inviting nobody into the shower. And the choice at the end where they have him covered in somebody else's blood, just like the look on his face, he's like dazed. He's just like not at all there anymore. And we cut between him talking to his therapist who's not there and then what's happening in his head with him talking to the therapist in like a wonderfully successful therapy session is really depressing. Like it's it's it's, yeah. it's crushing. It, hurt, it hurts me to see that. And I also think, yeah, I mean, it's crushing. It's really depressing, and it just reads like a scene that you do see on the street in Manhattan. Oh yeah, you know, like I see that every day uptown. You know that. Yeah. So I think the realism of that really hurt me in mm-hmm. a way that I was like. Oh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting this. I was literally doubled over in laughter. Yeah. Moments ago, you know, the madness on his face, you know, just it was really freaky, actually. You don't go into this thinking that it's gonna leave you feeling this way. Sure. Yeah. Even if you don't see the trailer, which like the trailer does sell it as like a slapstick family fun comedy about vampires. Right. You really feel the spiral. Yeah. So many feelings. Another thing that connects this and American Psycho is just the corporate opulence. Oh, yeah. Sure. Even like the bro culture, because there's a one scene where he's sitting with, I guess, other literary agents and they're laughing about- The boardroom scene. Yeah. And they're laughing about Alva asking for a raise after he oddly chases her, aggressively chases her into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, can you really ask for a raise? Ha, ha, ha. She carries a gun in her bag. I would if I was going to Pelham Bay Park. Just like totally wild. Yeah. What a bunch of dicks. Also in that boardroom scene, he's just laughing so maniacally. Yeah. But like the subtle, like he like closes the blinds first to like remind you like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm a vampire. I don't like the sun. But right. <laughs> well, it is, it, it's also like the Patrick Bateman kind of blending in. Yeah. Like, yes, he's in on the joke of haha, Alva sucks. But the way he's playing it is over laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my like, God. In the very beginning, they get into the cab after the <laughs> bat flies through the window. When he's getting into the cab and they're laughing, it's like, 
like he is trying to hide the fact that he was just super aroused and extremely horny from this bat. Right. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, it's so ridiculous. I never put that together. Yeah. Then he tells his therapist, oh, I got turned on by his interaction with the bat. Well, first of all, I was horny. And <laughs> I guess then, I was just horny. And plus I was horny. <laughs> I never thought that that was covering up, but you're right. And then he's in the boardroom mm-hmm. with everybody being like, was there anything written on the wall of the women's room about me? Ha, ha, ha. And Nicolas Cage is going, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's like he doesn't actually, in the same Patrick Bateman style, he doesn't know what an emotion is. Right. And he's just mimicking what he sees other people doing <laughs> in an extreme way. Yeah. And in that same moment, like you say, he's like reaching over to the blinds. Yeah. Like, Got to take like, care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 good. It's it's good. Yeah. Guys, it's good. It's, it is. It is good. There's this one scene where he's, I want to see he has the vampire teeth and he's running into the sunlight. Oh, yeah. It almost looks like Texas Chainsaw Mask. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It did. It did, right? Okay. Because I was like, oh, that was an interesting choice that they made because it looks like Leatherface spinning with the chainsaw in right. the sun. Yeah. It's one of my favorite scenes in any movie, so I was happy to see it in this what movie was, well, too. What was the line that he screams? He says, oh, the tortures of the damned. The tortures right. The tortures of, of the damned. The damned. Yeah. I love that quote. I it's want it on good. my tombstone. I really do. There's a lot of really good quotes in this movie. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I was horny. <laughs> I lost it. I couldn't. I couldn't. He says it twice. And I was like, I oh, it's did. a gift every time. Did we we had to pause there to take like a, a laugh break? A hearty, a hearty laugh break. <sighs> Back when things were fun, back when we were just thinking about vampires. I was a more so innocent naive. person. <laughs> and bats and how they made us horny. <laughs> vampires kiss American Psycho. Both characters abuse their secretaries horribly. They do. Yeah. But and they that, also love them. Right. Yeah. I kind of, I'm still not totally convinced if he's in love, if Nick Cage is in love with Alba. But there's something. It's some kind of like unconscious love. Like, it's not that he's like aware that he like wants to be with her, but he needs her. It's like some kind of weird codependent relationship that he has with this woman. Interesting. Yeah. I think he needs power over her. Mm -hmm. That I agree with. Yeah, definitely. And he needs to be in control. And she can't go away. She can't right. leave him. He is in total control. Which is like textbook abusive. Like that's like right, yeah. right out of the totally. book. Yeah. So. Now why Patrick Bateman can't kill his secretary, I don't know. It seems different. Right. It's definitely a different relationship. Because I think that, you know, he likes her in the sense that like he wants to kill her, but he doesn't. Which is interesting because I don't know why he cares. Right. Yeah. Like in that scenario, I don't know why he doesn't just kill her. Because it's not just like the opportunity passed them right. by, you know, like he could have he definitely figured something out. Yeah. He has no problem killing anyone. So Especially if he doesn't care about a struggle. Like yeah. Chasing exactly. him with the chainsaw, you know. And I don't think it was like cause she she talks about what she wants to do with her life. Very like, I don't know. I think I would just wanna travel for a little bit, like blissfully naive. Right. Like an um, underdeveloped idea of like yeah, possibilities of what it, could happen or what you could do. Exactly. Like there was also like a vein of privilege involved in there as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Which is funny to hear her talk about that while there's a big man with a nail gun right behind her. It's a great visual. I love it. But I don't know why he didn't pull the trigger. I don't yeah. have an answer for that. Yeah. I mean, I've been told, having not read the book, that like 
she's the only person he cares about. Right. And not that that saves her from being criticized by him. And he says scathing things about her in his mind, but he does acknowledge that he cares about her. Right. I don't know if they ever like go into why, mm-hmm. but they certainly don't really explore it in the movie. Yeah. Could it be that she actually cares about him? Like she actually knows who he is. She wants to be with him. Oh, and she has a clear idea of who he is. Truly, like, aside from just, like, his right. name and his card. like Right. But she doesn't. She thinks she does. She, but she right. doesn't know that he puts he, on. Right. You know? But not even talking about the fact that he's a psychopathic killer, but, like, she has this idea of who he is and right. she glamorizes that. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably likes, oh, you know what it is? I just got it. She's the only one that he can impress. Right. Yeah. There it is. Right. She has an idealized version of him. Right. That's She's like the only taken. one that doesn't think that he's pathetic. Right. So yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, like, pays for women to come home with him. Right. You know, and he's like, well, I don't care about you. I'll torture you and kill you and everything's fine. Yeah. And there's strangers on the street. And Jared Leto, who he actually hates. Mm-hmm. But then there's his secretary who loves him. <laughs> loves. Well, because, like, in that position of power, too, she's, like, so much lower than him. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like a sociopath's dream, right, to have that – or a psychopath's dream to have that kind of dynamic with somebody. If he got rid of her, then there would be no one below him. Yeah. There we go. It's it's just an equation, guys. We solved it. (laughs) (laughs) And also, both Peter Lowe and Patrick Bateman cannot handle rejection. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah. yeah, uh, Peter Lowe's therapist, when she says, like, (laughs) I think our time is done, he has to say it. Right. He doesn't let her say it. Yeah. He has to be in control. And Patrick Bateman, when a waitress is like, oh, we're out of the drink that you ordered. He's like, what? I will kill you. I'm going to play with your blood. Do not reject me. <laughs> that that phrase, I'm going to play with your blood. Yeah. I know. I it's know it's like, I know it should be eerie or scary, but I just think it's really funny because it's I so like, casual. Oh like, when he says I'm that, play with your blood. I picture him like in like a kiddie pool, like me, splashing yeah. around or in like, like a bunch yeah. of blood. Or like a kid taking like gack out of its container and being like, ooh, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. this in my hands. Like I, it's I really goofy. thought we'd see more of that. Like in, Yeah, like in his process, <laughs> like they really don't show that, you know? They yeah. don't. He but, doesn't really seem to get a lot of joy from killing. Like he does, but like you'd think he'd get like a of, little bit more. Yeah, it feels almost like because he's so clean most of the time. I feel yeah. like this is like his dirty task. He knocks off his to-do list and he's yeah. like, okay, moving on. Time to do my face mask. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. He makes killing seem like a chore. Yeah. You could definitely make comparisons between um, vampires and like sociopaths in the sense that like they are superior versions of, or like they think they are superior versions of people. Um, bloodthirsty, you could say. And then they don't succumb to like mortal flaws. Sure. Like they're they're above it. Yeah. Beyond it. Exactly. That's a very interesting point. And it reminded me of this movie that in the beginning, like he's going out every night, quote unquote, hunting and mm-hmm. like feasting sexually on, on women and he can't stand them once that's done. Yeah. And then when he thinks he's becoming a vampire, he's like, oh, this is fine. I can do this. I'm used to this. I, now I need to go out and like find blood yeah. from women interesting transition that like it's already there he's already Mm -hmm. he already has these habits for sure and like you're saying he already is a sociopath i i would see aspects of it for sure there's like some parallels just in terms of like his actions too like mimicking emotions and not being able to like understand people and all that and like manipulating his secretary Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that was a frustrating scene too when he like gets her into the cab being all friendly and smiley and then like yeah. suddenly flips. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, God damn it. That's <laughs> true. I'm so glad she got them to pull over to go to the gas station. Yeah. She could get her fucking justice. And when he's yeah. on the phone with the client and he's like, here, I want you in the room for this phone call so you can watch me jump through hoops with this client. And then the client's like, hey, no big deal. Like, yeah. I know you guys are looking for it, but I know it's buried. It's decades old. Like, yeah. take your time. And he's like, like, you got better things to do. <laughs> like, okay, take care. Bye. And he's like, seems I didn't have to do a song and dance after all, Alba. As you could hear, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Mr. Heatherton is boiling mad. And he has implied that if he doesn't get that copy within the week, he will terminate his agreement with our agency and sign up with a more efficient one. I was so pissed. I was like, oh my God, I want her to just like slap him and leave or something, yeah. you know? And you started questioning, like, now I'm wondering, is this document even real? Yeah, I yeah. And then I she did. finds it and he's like, <laughs> no, it's too late. Yeah, what the fuck? I <laughs> you just can't. He didn't want to be satisfied. Right. You know, the problem wasn't a real problem. He's just putting obstacles in front of her. Right. For the act of putting obstacles in front of her. But that's like... Such a toxic... Yeah. Toxic man. And that's the way he's like, lives his life. Is The problem isn't a problem. Sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because he like goes to this therapy session in his head where he meets the girl of his dreams. Sharon, Mm -hmm. Sharon, what a beautiful name. (laughs) (laughs) And as he's, like, walking her back to his apartment, he, like, gets in a fight with her because she's not perfect. Right. Even when she's imaginary. Yeah. He can't be happy. He even says to me, like, it's only been 10 minutes and you're already yammering or some word like that. And I was like, holy shit, it's only been 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) She won't stop asking him why he was a vampire. Oh, right. Oh, right. She disapproves. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's doing that, like, hand thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I need to watch this movie tonight again. vampire? (laughs) So good. (laughs) He crawls in his coffin like a dramatic baby. Shout out to the couch as coffin move. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And then the... The brother comes to beat him up, and when he finds him, he's just, like trying to stake himself. Yeah, he's like, "Kill me!" Like, yeah, assisted suicide. Yeah, for sure. yeah. He's so miserable, and he knows it. Yeah, grim. Does he? For how long is he trying to kill himself? Like, even before. It's after he leaves the club when, because it's when he's running through the sun and he's like, please end it. I can't take it anymore. Right. But even before that, he gets to the club and Rachel, the vampire, says, like, you're pathetic. Yeah. I'm not with you. Mm-hmm. You're beneath me. Even before that, he he wants Alva to shoot him with her gun. Like, before yeah. he, and he, oh, then yeah, he yeah. puts it in his mouth. Like, he doesn't yeah. know that he's. He doesn't know that it's blanks. He doesn't know that they're blanks, but it makes him think he's invincible. But he doesn't know that he's like invincible vampire powers yet. And he's trying to kill himself like three times. Like he's telling Alva to shoot him and then he shoots the gun in his mouth twice. So he's already miserable before he gets rejected by the vampire. That's true. Mm -hmm. And is it because Alva found the document and now he doesn't have power over Alva? Like the whole love oh, connection. I think it's because, you know, there's not that dynamic anymore. She doesn't have to like come in and listen to him anymore. I mean, she does this her job, but it's it's a different right. dynamic now that right. you just go back to normal. Like the crisis in which this has all been, we've all been informed of is over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. 
So finding the document really <laughs> causes him you to spiral that, that much more. You wouldn't think that would be that. That would be the mark, but that's that's it. That's the turning point. Yeah. And like, he's so unhappy now. He tries to kill himself. Can't do it. The vampire leaves him. Mm-hmm. No one else, no one on the street will help him die. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when he dies, it's a happy ending, right? It I is. guess, it yeah. Is. It's a happy ending, guys. I mean, I can't imagine him um, getting better and I can't imagine what other kind of chaos he would be causing Mm-mm. to people around him. Yeah. Cab drivers. Just, pigeons. Just a menace to secretaries and cab drivers and tunnel goers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find yourself seeing this movie differently now than you did when you first saw it? Have there been any, any revelations watching this time around? I mean, I take it more seriously every time. Sure. Because the first time goes from being so much fun to then seeing him on the street like walking into traffic mm-hmm. yeah, is so sad. It is. And depressing. And you feel bad that you've been laughing at this person. Yeah, I, that's exactly how I felt. That was my emotional journey right. through this. So more and more, I watch it understanding the character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is such a sad man. And he's imagining all of these things. The only way for him to have a little bit of happiness is to completely fabricate everything in his life and have these hallucinations where someone is interested in him and cares for him. And none of it is true. And needs him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this time watching it, immediately when he goes over to Rachel at the bar, he leaves two men who are talking to sit behind Rachel and he asks her, oh, did you get that joke? Like that was just oh, said over right. there across the room. Yeah. And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, me neither. I was like, oh, she's not real. Like she's already not there. Oh, so you, is it the first time you watch this you're saying? You no, recognize? this time. Oh, this I time. Like, oh, I see, I see. Oh, she's not even real now. And then when they're going home together, was, she's still not real. Like he's already disassociating and imagining all of this. Mm-hmm. He's already like completely mad. Yeah. Even when his imagined vampire visits him for maybe the fifth time and she's saying, tell me you love me, it takes him so long to be able to say it. Yeah. Not only is she not real, vampires don't exist, and he made her up. Yeah. That's like a truly unattainable person. Right. So yeah, I I saw a lot more of the humanity in him this time Mm -hmm. and the madness even though I still laughed a whole lot at the wonderful and humorous performances and off-the-wall choices. Sure. I think more and more it becomes a more serious movie about mental illness and the inability to love. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a damaging force to the people yeah. around him. This is a good movie, guys. I it is, it is a good it movie. It is a good movie. You, like, gave me this idea. You said that, like, Rachel is never there. Right. And I started thinking, like, okay, what if she is never there at all? And at the very end, when it's called, like, the tunnel, right, Mm -hmm. that place, when he's leaving the tunnel, and she says to him, she's like, oh, yeah, like, Peter, right? Like, she recognizes him, and I think that she's a real person then. Yes. And he's leaving, and he's, like, telling himself, like, oh, she's just a stupid high school girl. Like, stupid, stupid high school girl. I mean, he he calls her a bad word, but I'm not going to say it. And I had the connection that I think that he knew her from high school. Right. 
And he's had this obsession with her since then. And it's just like, (laughs) it's just like really, I mean, convenient that he runs into her in the tunnel and she's really there. But like, I think that he's had this idolized goddess vision of this girl that he knew in high school. And he's like mumbling to himself that she's just a stupid high school girl and it doesn't matter. Interesting. When I first saw it, I I told myself that he meant, oh, she's like a high school girl. Like, she's acting like a high school girl. But then I was like, no, Peter's a pretty literal person. And I think that he really means that she's from his high school. Which, like, I don't know. That makes it so much weirder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. So do you think they had any sexual experience together in high school? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. Because she recognized him, but it was kind of like a, oh, yeah, like, I think I remember you. Like, it was you, so like, vague, like you, a like, vague used recollection. used to sit behind me in some yeah. class and you would smell my hair, like that kind of bullshit. Like, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I expected that relationship to be. So I don't, I don't know if they were ever friends. I don't think so. I think they just happened to be in the same vicinity. Right. And is that yeah. why... Like he's been holding on to this for that long. That's I think why so. He's unsatisfied with anyone he meets because he has this idealistic version of this girl, right? That he's probably been like fantasizing about since high school, right? Which is why. Oh man! Oh maybe, my god! Maybe it was like a subconscious thing. That's too. why that other girl that he goes out with kind of looks like Rachel because yeah. he has a type, and that's why he's like unsatisfied with her. I love yeah. that because he's like, oh, he wanted her so badly, but then she's not what he wants at all, and he wants her to leave really quickly the next morning. Right? Yeah. Damn, guys! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. That's so huge. Right. <laughs> You didn't think you'd get this much from a Nicolas Cage. Well, also the fact that it's movie. kind of like a mumbled, almost like throwaway line. It is. But you know? so much of like what you were saying, so much of what he says in the movie is mumbled. Like that's right. his mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. spiel. He like mumbles to himself and then he like screams. It's like one or the other. Uh, the, I just can't believe he rapes Alva. I was so mad about that. Yeah. It's just so – I feel her character is treated so – poorly by Mm -hmm. him throughout the whole thing and i don't really feel like she ever gets revenge really because she's not the one who stakes him like which makes me mad that's it that's the one thing that doesn't sit well with me in in this movie is that there is like no justice for alva yeah um because fucking motherfucker Fuck this guy. Yeah. F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. I do not like it. <laughs> yeah. I like this movie and I like his, I like Nick Cage's performance, but I'm so mad at the level of violation that she suffers yeah. and it, it just increases as the movie goes on. Yeah. And I guess this is what puts it in like the 80s for me is that that's not taken with more weight. Like, although it is treated seriously at the end, the whole cycle of abuse that she goes through is not weighted very heavily. It is not played heavily enough against the comedy aspect of it, I suppose. It's It's strange. It's a strange balance. Right. Because, I mean, it's interesting to suggest, like, she should be the one to kill him because that would be satisfying. But also, like, she's just not that character. This is not her character. Like, she can't shoot him with the gun, which, granted, is before he rapes her. But, like, she's just so meek. Yeah. That you can't really imagine that happening. Sure. So she gets her brother involved to like take care of this for her. Yeah. But also, like, I just remembered that rape 
wasn't on his mind. She suggests. She did bring it up. She suggests, you know, please, like, don't don't, attack me. Like, what are you going to do, rape me? me. And he's, like, trying to convince her to shoot him. And he's like, okay, yeah. If you don't shoot me, I am going to rape you. Like, is that what it's going to take for you to shoot me right now? Yes, whatever threat you need to hear is what is going to happen. And so then when he, when she doesn't shoot him, he's like, okay, these are the rules. Like, now I need to rape you. And it's... It's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's so terrible. It's insane, but, like, he is insane. Yeah. Uh, and, again, they soften it so much to, like, his fantasy mm-hmm. with yeah. the vampire that I'm yeah. like, maybe he just knocked her out and now he's getting up and leaving. Sure. And then yeah. later he's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally raped her. Yeah, it's just it's oh, just like okay. a strange that did happen. Yeah, it's it's strange, right? You know, I guess yeah. maybe because there are other movies of that time period where rape is dealt with in a very weird way, mm-hmm. a comical way. Like, oh yeah, re- is Revenge of the Nerds the eighties? Revenge of the Nerds and uh, Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's oh, yeah. like the- sexual assault. Yeah, or I don't know what to call it. Mischievously. Consented sexual intercourse. Or like, like, yeah, like a, yeah, I don't know. Like Revenge of the Nerds, so, like she doesn't realize that it's a nerd she's sleeping with. Yeah, because he's sleeping with her with a mask on. Right. Yeah, a Darth Vader helmet. Right? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, the sex was good enough that I don't care. And 16 Candles was like, oh, you were so drunk. She doesn't remember. And then she's like, yeah, I feel like I kind of liked it. Yeah. It right. just, I think that there's just like, Examples from that time period where rape is not. Oh yeah, no, it's not dealt with. It's just it's included in the story. Yeah, which almost like, like a plot point or it is very similar to, which is part of why I think it's so funny in Vampire's Kiss, where the therapist, the imagined therapist, is mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, it's fine that you did that. I'll rape, take care like, of the police." Yeah, yeah, like rape is just a release of an id. Yeah, and don't. Oh yeah, that's the line where I was like, "Oh what?" Yeah. Like, just rage <laughs> and yeah the murder is no big deal like yeah. i'll take care of the police you have yeah. nothing to worry about yeah and none of that is true right like the brother breaks in and kills him and if that didn't happen like the police would have found him oh yeah and sure put him in jail yeah that's just the one thing i have to say that i don't feel super happy about in oh, this yeah. movie and I guess you're right. Like, if it wasn't in her character to seek that revenge with her own hand. Right. You know? And that's a good point. In my in my fantasy version of Elva, she gets up there and she stamps the fucking shit at him with that steak. Oh, yeah. totally. But her way was definitely like, let me get my brother involved. Yeah. He can get this done and protect me. Yeah. Because. He's going to do it. Right. He's going to take that tire iron and uh, solve <laughs> yeah. this problem for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So. I'm glad you both enjoyed it so much. Thank I you. Really did. Thank you for showing me this I gem. I was understandably worried. Like this could go either way. Like you could find this incredibly frustrating. We are not those people. No. <laughs> so glad to know no. that now. I mean, we've definitely tested the waters on this one. Surely. I have to tell other people about this movie now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sending out mass texts as we speak. <laughs> um no, but this is the second vampire movie that you show me that I've been like, I fucking love it. That's true, so, yeah. um, you know, I don't think you could steer me wrong now, Frank. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> both an honor and incredible pressure. <laughs> uh, Sydney, final thoughts? I mean, it. I didn't expect it to, but it really fits in with the type of movies and characters that I like, which are, like I said, the 
psychopath, sociopath killers who start as regular people and spiral into madness. And it's really upsetting and grim, but also hilarious the entire time. Yeah. Sure. That's my niche right there. Uh, yeah. That whole like Patrick Bateman's unraveling. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that last week, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. That's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. I love it. I do remember when we were watching, you were just like, oh, God, have you guys seen Vampire's Kiss? And I was like, what? No. Yeah. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? And you're like, shit, okay. Bring it up later. <laughs> and now you know why. Oh, God. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are we going to watch Voices? Do you want any context for Voices for like threads? Sure, yeah. Okay. Ryan Reynolds, very similar, pathetic-esque guy, but he's not like a big business guy. He's uh, like a lowly factory worker and he does kill people Mm -hmm. and his pet cat and dog talk to him. Okay. (laughs) I like it. I don't want to say anything else, but okay, yeah, it's sure. I love I it makes me smile. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Whoa. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Tune in next week for Voices. God, I'm so horny for bats. Plus I'm really horny. Voices. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We should find the assistant and be like, tell us about this experience. What are you up to now? Would you still catch roaches for Nick Cage if he asked? Do you remember when he sent you out to Central Park to find a real bat? <laughs> what did you actually <laughs> did you do t- in that like, hour? Did you just go get coffee? Yeah, like, did yeah, you I look? Just, no, I went and got pizza. <laughs> <laughs> found the closest dollar pizza slice and laid low. I like, told him I found one, but it flew away. <laughs> <laughs> The things you do to make a movie. (laughs) I hope that assistant got paid well. We'll never know.